Welcome to episode four of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. I'm your co-host, Jake. And I'm Benny. If you're new to the show, this is the best place for high-quality football talk. On this show, we discuss everything from the end zone to off the field, from your favorite players to upcoming stars. What do we have in stock for today's episode, Benny? Well, today we're going to be going over everything from week three, including game of the week, players of the week, news, injuries, and much more. So stay tuned. With week three over, we've had so many games to watch. What's your pick for the game of the week? Honestly, I have to go with the Bills and the Rams. The Bills brought up an exceptional lead. They went out in front, and then the Rams looked like they were going to make a miraculous comeback. And it really looked like it until the last second when Josh Allen, back of the end zone, comes back for the win. What did you think of the game? That was an amazing game. I was really expecting the... Uh, I thought the Bills, once when they were up 28-3, to uh, I had Super Bowl moments. I was thinking that they had that game in the bag. But then the Rams, they had an amazing comeback. And uh, I thought they were going to win with that. When Aaron Donald got that strip sack on Josh Allen, I thought it was over. Yeah, I thought it was over there too. Because the defense just, they just were so motivated. Like they were, they were so fueled by that. And the offense was falling apart. I thought that the Rams were looking really good. But Josh Allen really proved that game that he's something special for this team. Yeah, he was able to shift the momentum for sure. What did you think was game of the week? <laughs> so talking about blown, blown leads, I'm going to have to go with the Falcons and Bears. Now, I'm choosing this game for multiple reasons, not just because it was entertaining, but also because it had a lot of important aspects. So, first of all, it shows that the Falcons, they need to make a lot of changes in their for office. Sure. It's bad. They're looking bad. Two blown leads in, in a row. That's just awful. And um, But for the Bears, they finally did what was needed, and they benched Trubisky. I mean, I know you don't like to see that happen. Yeah, I'm de I definitely wasn't a fan of that. I think he did fine, but... Nick Foles was able to do his thing, so... Nick Foles made that game of the week for me. He definitely... He brought them back. He was looking really good. He only had one interception, which was honestly... It was very contested. It was a really good interception. Um, it wasn't a bad throw or anything. It was just all defensive skill. Yeah. But um, I think it shows that the Bears are really willing to sacrifice stuff to have a playoff run. They look like they're out and ready. They look like they're pushing for the playoffs. They, they look, look like, like a, a real three, team. Yeah, they look like a 3-0 and team right now, which I, I would never think I'd be saying that they're 3-0 and right now with, with what I've seen, but they're looking good. Now, week three has come to a close. We've talked about game of the week. Who did you think was player of the week? So for offense, I got I to gotta go with Russell Wilson. I mean, he had another phenomenal week. Five touchdowns, zero interceptions, I think over 270 passing yards. He's showing MVP plays already. I mean, he would have had six touchdowns if Metcalf didn't choke and uh, celebrate too early. Fumble it out the back of the end <laughs> yep. zone. But Russell Wilson is looking amazing right now. I think that he definitely deserves player of the week. I know the NFL gave it to him, and I'm going to have to agree with them this time. What about you? My offensive player of the week has to be Alvin Kamara. He had six rushes, 58 yards, 13 catches for 139 yards, and two touchdowns. He was the only bright spot on that Saints team. I think that game showed that Drew Brees is really going to have to rely on the run game more this season. It's going to be his last season, I think, but for sure. His longest pass of the night was 13 yards, so I can definitely see retirement coming at the end of the season. I mean, usually he does go only short to mid. He's a very accurate quarterback. We, he doesn't really like fling it on the field that much, but it's really showing this season. The accuracy is going down. I'm sure once the Michael Thomas comes back, that's really going to help him out. I think it will, too. Who do you have for defense? I have to go with uh, Shaquille Bear on the Bucks. He had an amazing game. He had six tackles, two sacks, and three tackles for loss. He was a key moment. He was a key piece in that Broncos loss. 
Shaquille Barrett was a monster in that Tampa Bay game. But for my defensive player of the week, I had to go with Xavier Rose with two interceptions. He's definitely making a name for himself on that Colts defense. Didn't he get a pick six in that game as well? He did, and it was 44 yards. Yeah, he's a huge part of that Colts defense. He's honestly one of the like better defensive players in the league. I could see him being top defender, top defender this season. I could see that too. Now, granted, it was the Jets that they went against, but that defense, the Colts defense, it looked really promising in that game. It really did. I totally agree with you. 49ers edge rusher D Ford is going to miss some time and is placed on IR for back issues. This is the third D lineman for the 49ers to be injured. This whole entire team is just dropping like flies. It's it's kind of sad to see. It's so sad to see. But from... do you know what's worse to see? What? The fact that the Giants still got <laughs> killed by this injured team. Yeah, there's no starters on either side of the ball. Or half the starters are gone. But the Giants still managed to lose. It's it's pretty, pretty sad to be a Giants fan right now. Let's say the 49ers start playing real teams again and they lose. It's definitely sad to see them go from a Super Bowl team to... You know, the practice squad. <laughs> Especially with stuff like this, like if it's just bad coaching or something like that, it's not as bad, but injuries, seeing a really good team get injured, it sucks to see. Hopefully next season they come back and do good. That makes Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Andy Ford, three starting D linemen. You look at the rest you know? of the defense, Richard Sherman's gone. Yep. Um, on the offense, J uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's gone, and so is uh, Raheem Mostert. So is George Kittle as and well. And George Kittle. Like, their best players are all gone. It's, it's, it's rough to see. It's a sad sight. So for the next injury, we got Jamal Adams. He shouldn't be out for too long. He has a groin injury. He's expected to be back either this week or next week. But him not being there on Sunday showed a huge impact. I mean, the secondary, the moment he was out of that game, the secondary was getting roasted the whole game. Do you think that this could maybe create a loss for the Seahawks if he's not back? I think he's an important part to that defense for sure. I'm not sure how much the depth chart is on the Seahawks, but I feel like, yeah, he's not going to be out long, so it's not going to be that big of an issue, but I think they have enough depth to make up for it, if you get what I mean. And they're playing the Dolphins, so it shouldn't be that huge of a concern, but yeah, the Dolphins so have been known to come back, like like against the Patriots, for example, for the last two seasons, they, they definitely have managed come to win those games. I mean, I love it, but... Better not happen this Sunday. Another injury we've got, Youngway Koo for the Falcons. He has a groin injury. And I think he played through that, to be honest, because he did. Harry, he is an accurate kicker. Last season, he had three onside kicks recovered in the same game. He's an accurate kicker, so he must have played through his groin injury because he missed a field goal and an extra point. Four points. And if you notice, the Falcons lost by four points, so... Those four points would have definitely come in handy. Yeah, I think they still would have lost in the long run, but it definitely sucked to see that happen. So for our next injury, we've got Jalen Rager, and uh, he tore a ligament in his thumb, but he actually played through that game. I mean, that's pretty impressive for a wide receiver to do, to do something like that. Yeah, you literally your job is using your hands and having a torn ligament in your thumb and still going out yeah. there and playing, that's and really good on you, but... It is risky, and that showed as he is now placed on IR. Yep. On the topic of injuries, actually, we could have seen one with Chris Carson recently. With that play, with that tackle from Tristan Hill when he twisted his knee. What do you think about that? So, um, 
He did get injured. He tore something in his leg, but he's expected to play for next weekend. But I think that Tristan Hill needs, bit, needs to get fined or suspended because that wasn't his only dirty play in that game. Later in the game, they were doing a two-point conversion the Seahawks were, and he got a helmet-to-helmet hit on Russell Wilson. I mean, last week when that happened to the Seahawks, Quandry Diggs, he was ejected. Understand why. That's a dirty hit. Should not be yeah. allowed, but I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but I feel like Cowboys, they get away with they a lot of definitely, stuff. They definitely... The NFL definitely lets them get by as being, you know, America's team. And honestly... I think Quandre Diggs wasn't as bad as Tristan Hills. Tristan Hill, you know, he literally rolled over Chris Carson with his knee in yeah, his hand. That was all intentional. He, yeah, he grabbed his leg, rolled over. That's horrible sportsmanship. Yeah, Vontez Burfick, number two. While on the topic of Seahawks, former Seattle safety Earl Thomas had a workout with the Texans, but it was cut short due to COVID. What do you think about this, Jake? And honestly, you know, separate question. Do you think Earl Thomas is worth it? Do you think you're a GM? Do you want to go out and pursue Earl Thomas with the drama that he possibly could bring to the team? We saw it on the Seahawks when he flipped off Pete Carroll, and we saw it with the Ravens when he got into the argument with his teammate during practice. Do you think he's worth picking up? See, yes and no. You need to be a really good GM. You need to have that dedication. You need to be reason like you need to be reasonable with players. And uh, it's a really risky move, but I think it could work out for whoever decides to pick him up. They just really need to discipline him, make sure like he knows that this will not be tolerated on this team. And um, I feel like this might be his last shot because when he did get in that fight with his teammate, it was all over the NFL. Like I saw on so many news articles. Bad and press for sure. He's already has that bad reputation from, as he said, flipping off his former coach and then getting in that fight now. He has a bad rep. People are already saying that he's the next Antonio Brown. Yeah, I was just about to say. I don't think it's that bad. But I do think that he definitely needs to get himself in order. Or maybe it's just his best interest to take the season off and just get himself like checked out. Because if he is something is wrong with him right now and he just keeps playing, it's just going to get worse. So and he's like the only person now, who yeah. knows if something's actually wrong with him right now. Because we don't see his home life or anything. But if he thinks that something's wrong with him, he needs to sit the season out. Just spend time, get some mental help, and come back next season better than ever. That's all I got to say about that. Josh Gordon did the same thing. You know, took a season off to work on his mental health, and now we're just waiting on him to suit up for the Seahawks. Yep, we're just waiting on that reinstatement. Now, I think the Texans might have... I, I don't think I, I would pursue Earl Thomas. I think, the, uh, I think the Texans dodged a bullet by not being able to have that workout. What do you think? I could agree with that. I mean... As I said, you need to have a good GM, and Bill O'Brien is not a good GM. He definitely is not. He's not going to be able to discipline someone like that if Earl Thomas really is a problem, because he's only had those two instances of, of being a bad teammate. And I don't know, I just feel like Bill O'Brien is not the type of guy to do to bring him down to a good level. But Earl Thomas, who knows? It might have just been bad days for him. I know with the Seahawks drama, he was really fed up with it already because of the contract extension that was not happening. And uh, I'm not sure about the whole entire Ravens scenario. <laughs> I saw that he said stuff like that happens all the time, but I've never heard of a fight breaking out in a practice. Amongst so. teammates, nonetheless. Yeah, especially if it was this big to where he'd get cut. I don't think it was a, just a minor little fight. So. Yeah, I don't think it happens all the time. I think the Texans, it's a risky move. It could work out well because they're struggling really bad right now. But I don't know. Time will tell. Definitely. And Bill O'Brien, yeah, he's a terrible GM. I don't think him and Earl Thomas would have connected either way. You know, 
when Bill O'Brien was over in New England, he constantly got into Tom Brady's face arguing with him. And he's just kind of like that with his players in general. So they de- I don't think they would have had any chemistry. That's why I think the Texans really dodged a bullet with that one. So other news at the NFL and COVID, multiple Steelers and Titans players and staff members have gone COVID. The game has been delayed to either Monday or Tuesday. They're going to still release it. Do you think this is going to be a problem for other teams in the NFL? It might be, but I think the NFL is doing the right thing by delaying the game and making sure all the players and staff are getting the proper treatment and, Mm -hmm. you know, check out to make sure that they don't have COVID and they're not able to spread it. I think the NFL is cracking down on it really well. What do you think? I think so too. I wish that they could do something like the NBA with the bubble, but a full season with the NFL in a bubble is just not possible. There's just way too many players. You're talking 53 men per team, you know. Plus all the staff members, all the coaches, because on basketball, you have one coach. But on football, you have an offensive coach, defensive coach. Every single type of player has their own coach. It's, yeah. Not to mention basketball players just have jersey shorts and shoes, you know. Yeah, they don't have pads, helmet. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot for football. I really wish that a bubble scenario would work. Maybe in the playoffs, I've seen they've been, they've been talking about doing a bubble situation for the playoffs, but who knows? I think that they are doing the right move by delaying the game. Let's just hope that doesn't throw off the rest of the NFL. Thoughts and prayers out for the Steelers sure. and the Titans, players and staff alike. Now, while on the topic of the Titans and the Steelers, let's talk about the Titans for a minute. They're sitting at 3-0 right now. That's the dream record you want. But do you think they are a real 3-0 team? Do you think, I don't know, I don't really see the same spark as last year. What do you think? See, I always hear people saying a win is a win. Well, well, yes, a win is a win, but you can still take negatives from a win. I mean, the, they played the Vikings last week and I mean, they barely won. They won by a field goal while other teams are blowing out the Vikings. The Vikings are not looking good right now. The Titans, I feel like since they were an AFC champ- they were an AFC championship contender team. They should have done better. I mean, Derrick Henry finally had a good game. He's been pretty quiet. I mean, I know he's leading the league in rushes, but he had both of his touchdowns off of one game so far. Hopefully that he gets going, gets going and starts doing good. But yeah, all their games have been really close. I mean, that Broncos game, they should have won that by a ton considering all the injuries. Yeah, they should have won. They that won by, by a three mile. points. Yeah. Which I think is pretty crazy because Gutskowski missed how many? I think he missed six kicks. Yeah. Uh, four field goals and three extra points, or no, something I don't know. It was something like like that, but it was just bad. I mean, they need to get their stuff together. I think they could be good again, but they're three and zero right now. Hopefully, they get together. While the Steelers, they're looking really good right now. Do you think they're gonna be a really good team this season? They surprised me. So far, they're playing like it. They've got. A really good rookie wide receiver. He was making some plays. They've got Minka Fitzpatrick on defense. That defense needs to be talked about more. That defense is looking really solid. It's definitely what's helping them win games. So my one thing about the Steelers, all the teams they've beaten, the combined record is 0-9. That's the part that's getting me about the Steelers. Because, yeah, they're looking amazing right now. They're the complete opposite of the Titans. They are defense is doing good. Juju is having an amazing season compared to last year. I think the Steelers could be a real deal. They just need to play a really good team and prove it. Yep, we'll see if they're able to prove it. I think they're doing pretty solid. They surprised me for sure. We'll just see where they go from there. So for this week's weird stat segment, there's actually two stats that go hand in hand. The first one is the Seahawks defense have allowed 1,303 passing yards through the first three games, which that is a record for the most in NFL history. 
While the defense is getting cooked, Russ is cooking. He's the first quarterback in the NFL history to throw four or more touchdowns in each of his team's first three games. He also holds the NFL records for most touchdowns in the first three weeks with, with 15. With Russell Wilson leading a high-powered offense, do you think that the low-powered defense could ruin a shot at a Super Bowl, maybe? I think if they don't address it now. Because like I said, I think it's solid, but it definitely needs some fine-tuning in order to get up to that Super Bowl caliber, in my opinion. I think it could harm their chances for now, but unless they address it, I have high hopes for them. As I've said earlier, I think that the Super Bowl is going to be the Chiefs and Seahawks. I think that if they can't get their defense together, then Patrick Mahomes is going to burn right through them. I think so too. I think maybe even Aaron Rodgers can burn right through them. I, th I still kind of stand with the Packers and the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. Now enough about weird stats. Here's something weird that happened last week. The Broncos had over 1,200 South Park cutouts at their game. I think it's honestly one of the best things that a team has done for the whole entire COVID thing. I think since South Park is a real town in Colorado, I think just having the fans, like having the characters there as fans is really funny. Uh, it's a good move by the Broncos. I think that was amazing by the Broncos. Growing up watching South Park, I didn't know that it was in Colorado. Like, I'm stupid for that. But <laughs> now that I know that it's based out of Colorado and like seeing this, I think it's they it's had like great. all the characters from the show in there. It was something really cool the Broncos did. Uh, too bad they couldn't have won the game with the whole entire town of South Park there, but hopefully next time. <laughs> so to start this week's hot take segment, I wanted to start off. So I think that based off of Carson Wentz's previous performance, that this is his last season being a starter. Either that or he really needs to clutch up and perform well in these last few weeks. This he is his worst season by far. I mean... He is the only quarter, like starting quarterback in the league right now to have a, a pass rating under 70. He looks awful out there. I mean, part of it is to blame on his line, but you look at a lot of these other quarterbacks with horrible lines and they're succeeding. Why can't Carson Wentz do the same? I mean, Carson Wentz has also had some pretty bad overthrows recently. Yeah. See, I always was a, uh, I was a Wentz over Dak person, but now I I would take Dak any day. I would as well. I, I mean. Between all of his injuries and the way he's been playing, I just don't think that Wentz is going to last much longer. It sucks to see. I think that um, maybe in a few weeks, Hurts uh, might start over him. I would like to see that. I am a Jalen Hurts fan, so that would be really nice to see. But it's such a shame. It's such a shame to see Carson Wentz's talent go to waste because he was coming out in his first three seasons. He looked great mm -hmm. coming out of college. He looked great. He was projected to be like you know. Him and Andrew Luck were both supposed to be like the next leading quarterbacks yep. in the NFL, but Luck retired early and Wentz sucks. So yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. Those injuries really did mess him up. I mean, I guess you can kind of compare him to other players in sports, no matter what sport it is. You can compare him like D-Rose, for example. He had such a promising start to his career, but he yeah. got injured. And I mean, he's still a decent player, but you look at Carson Wentz, same exact thing. He started off really strong, almost MVP candidate. Then he got injured, and ever since then, he's just been on that decline. He just fell off, for sure. Speaking of falling off, that Ravens offense really fell off this week against the Chiefs. Lamar was overthrowing passes. He was really kind of off the mark. The rushing game was shut down. They couldn't get anything going against the Chiefs. I thought that the Ravens defense was something to look out for, but it turned out to be the Chiefs defense that was really on top. The Chiefs offense was doing great, too. Patrick Mahomes winning AFC Offensive Player of the Week. He racked on so many yards, so many touchdowns against that Ravens defense. And honestly, I saw the offense just having fun. Like, you know, they got their left tackle out there catching touchdowns. Like, 
the offense, they seemed like they weren't worried about the Ravens at all. And that is my hot take for the week. What do you think about that? I agree. I mean, I think that there, I think Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal quarterback. I think that he shows a lot of promise. I mean, he won MVP already off of his second season. My big thing about him is right now he is really following into that judgment that he's a running back. I mean, you look at that Chiefs game. It showed a lot of similarities to the Titans game. They could not get anything started on running. So then the moment they start passing, they, they just fell apart. I mean, without having that pass option, it just really ruined them. You look at the last season, as I said, of the Titans, the moment they shut that down, it was only passing because they could just immediately eat up that running back. And it just shows that Lamar Jackson really needs to work on his passing. He only had, he had less than 100 yards as a quarterback in the NFL, which... They did horrible too. It, just, it wasn't a good game for them. I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, Lamar, he's usually an accurate passer, but last week he was just missing the mark. So hopefully they'll bounce back next week, but we'll have to see. We have seven 3-0 teams in the league right now, and I've got a list of power rankings, and I'd like to discuss them. Go for it. All right. At number one, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got a high-flying offense. A really good defense. I'm saying a good defense because they came out on top against the Ravens and really made them. They shut the Ravens out. <laughs> yeah, they the made them look part. like a high school team. The Packers got pretty decent, pretty decent offense, pretty decent defense. Yeah, overall, really solid team. I'm really liking what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. And then at number three, we got the Seahawks. You know, great offense, showing a lot of promise, but that defense needs a lot of work. Yeah, as we talked about earlier. The offense is really high-powered, arguably one of the best ones in the league right now, but that defense is really bringing them down. So next up, uh, the Bills at number four. Josh Allen's looking good. I mean, they, they have been playing really good football right now for the offense, at least. Defense isn't bad either. They're, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, great offense, great defense. So for our fifth place in the 3-0 club, we have the Steelers. They're a weird team right now. They've been showing a lot of skill on offense and defense, but they've also been playing really bad teams. 0-9 combined uh, record for all those teams. Yeah, we'll see if that talent can but go on to some real teams. Big Ben's been showing promise. The defense is looking great. Uh, looks like the next deal curtain, as I said before. Then for sixth place, we got the Bears. Very shaky team. Uh, really don't know how they're 3-0 right now, but I think with Nick Foles leading that team, they could honestly make a good play. Yeah, they push. could contend the Packers. I think so too. And then uh, seventh, we talked about the Titans earlier. Uh, really shaky looking right now. They need to get it together if they want to win. Uh, if they want to win that or AFC South, sorry. Yeah, they've got a couple shaky wins. Um, they're all pretty pretty close games, especially that one with the Broncos we discussed. It should not have been that close. Nope. We'll see how the Titans fare. So to conclude this week, we're going to talk about coaches. Out of Adam Gase. Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia, and Dan Quinn, who do you think should get fired first? All of them. Honestly, Adam Gase, he was terrible in Miami. You know, it kind of ran them into the ground. They're still rebuilding from that. The Jets, they are already deep into the ground. They are horrible right now. They're on a losing record. They don't have any playmakers on their team. They ruined the talent of Sam Darnold. So that's on him. And Matt Patricia didn't bring any kind of New England energy to Detroit. He's definitely going to get fired. They're on a losing record. You know, you've got Kenny Galladay and Matt Stafford on your offense. That should be enough. Honestly, they've got a pretty solid defense, too. It's not that terrible. Dan Quinn, he's the lord of choking. You know, 
and who else was on that list? Bill O'Brien. Oh my, I've been saying Bill O'Brien needs to go for a long time. He's not really good. He's not a really good people person. He's not really a good game manager either. And that showed in the playoffs. It showed so many times before. All these coaches need to go, in my opinion. What do you think? So I kind of agree with you too. I mean, Adam Gase right now, he's leading probably the worst team in NFL history. Right now, I, I read something the other day. The Packers, their lowest scoring game was 37 points. The Jets' combined score from all the three games is 37 points. Oh and I mean, Sam Darnold's not a bad quarterback. I mean, he gets a lot of haters, but I blame Adam Gase for it. I mean, Sam Darnold does have tons of room to improve, but I think everybody does almost, especially these young guys. Matt Patricia, I agree. He's not looking really good. He did beat the Cardinals. I think that Matt Patricia... He's not a good coach, but he's not necessarily horrible. I would give him a few more weeks to see how he does. They beat a pretty high-scoring offense. I think that let's give him a few more weeks, and maybe he needs to get fired. But based off of his past, he's not a good coach. Dan Quinn, um, he needs to get out of there. He No, they need to fire him. They need to find somebody new. He's horrible. Two blown leads in a row. It's just heartbreaking, and yeah. He's wasting Matt Ryan's career, which is already almost up. He's wasting Julio Jones' career, Todd Gurley now. He's just, yeah, horrible head coach. And uh, Bill O'Brien, not only is he one of the worst coaches in the league, he's also one of the worst GMs in the league. He's tearing his team down in two ways. I think he needs to get out, he needs to get fired. But I think the worst coach out of those four is Adam Gase. I think Adam Gase is... For sure, I agree. Yeah, as he said, he ran the Dolphins to the ground, and now he's doing the same thing to the Jets. Jamal Adams spoke about him over the summer saying that he didn't like playing for him. He was, uh, they didn't get along well. I'm sure tons of other Jets players can agree to that because I can guarantee you if you gave all those Jets players the opportunity to leave somewhere better, they would all go. 100%. Adam Gase is just a horrible head coach. I think that he's in the hot seat right now. He needs to prove himself either this week or next week or he needs to get fired. Yeah, out of all four, he's definitely in the hot seat. All four of them are, but if it was a competition between those four... It's definitely up for Adam Gase, in my opinion. I think he's too far in. I think he's done after this year of coaching. I don't think anybody, like looking at his resume, I thought impressive. Yeah, I'm smart enough to know that I wouldn't hire him. Um, I think Dan Quinn takes second place. I mean, he's wasting, as I said, he's wasting all these amazing, talented guys' careers down there. He had one good season that I could remember. Everything else has just been a flop. I mean, Matt Ryan right now is a top five quarterback in passing yards which is insane because they're losing all these games super underrated super underrated he's playing really good football uh calvin ridley amazing wide receiver his if he doesn't get out of there his there goes his career as long as dan quinn is the coach there i see no success for them he needs to get out he needs to get fired as well i got detroit at number three obviously i spoke about how he hasn't brought any of that new england intelligence into detroit definitely flopped as a coach matt patricia has and I would only put Bill O'Brien at the last on that list just because he's able to at least get into the playoffs. But Just because they had that above average season last year. They won the AFC South, so I agree with you on that one. And this concludes episode four of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Thank you for joining us this week, and make sure to tune in next week for more NFL coverage. Make sure to follow all of our social medias. Instagram is Backyard Football Podcast. Facebook is Jake and Benny's Backyard Football, and our Twitter is Jake and Benny FB. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts with us today, make sure to leave a review. It helps us out a ton. 
And this has been Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Have a great week, everybody.